This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Well, we're checking back in with Mandy Urick today because last week, actually Mandy, for multiple weeks, uh, we've been talking about this buck that you kept seeing on your trail cams, and the hunt has now been completed. The hunt is complete. And this isn't just a this year sighting. (laughs) This is going on year three with with this. I'm going to call them the elusive eight. Uh, And yeah, what a roller coaster ride it's been uh, for this deer. And I've hunted from Ontario to South Carolina. I've, you know, I've shot deer all over the place. But but this one definitely has an emotional tie. (laughs) So, yeah, tell me the story. I mean, obviously, you, you've spent spotting them on your trail cam for years, but you just have never been able to find them. Well, not 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 exactly. Okay, okay. So, I, I had them on camera. My neighbors have had them on camera for about three years. Okay. So, last year, uh, I, I hunted hard. Uh, I hunted every day of bow hunting season, had them on camera. He was actually on camera uh, the day day before rifle opener with a big nine right behind my house. Unfortunately, though, um, I was taking my sister up north to have a girls-only deer camp. So I was like, oh, you know, I'm like, I hunt hard. I I actually hunted 68 days last year when I got (laughs) home, but so never saw them. I've hunted bow, I hunted rifle, I hunted muzzleloader, I even hunted late. Never saw them again, right? Gone Mm -hmm. those. Talked to all the neighbors, you know, everybody, nobody shot him. We couldn't figure it out. You know, he's gone. All right. Come to this season, and he shows up on camera. And I am so ecstatic. I'm like, oh, my gosh, he made it through. So I was really, I was pulling my hair. We talked about it, right? Like, it was such a beautiful fall, Mm -hmm. uh, splitting that time on the water, yet finding time to get in the stand. Um, you know, I, I was, I was either hunting in the morning or I would hunt, hunt at night. I was working or I was on the water and then, yeah, he shows up again and I'm like, all right, time to switch gears. I'm getting in the stand and I actually saw him. So it was probably two weeks into the bow season and I got deer everywhere. You know, they're, I'm watching them. Everything's great. Uh, I finally see him. Uh, the problem is he's 17 yards underneath my stand at about 30 minutes past shooting time. The only reason I hadn't got out of the stand <laughs> is because I had a pile of deer in front of me and I didn't want to spook them out, which is fun. It was a full moon. I could watch the deer. You know, it was a great experience. And all of a sudden, he's there. <laughs> and I'd never had him that close. I'd never physically seen him in person. And I was just, I was losing my mind. Now I know this is it. This has got to be the year I, he's here. He's actually on my property. So, you know, the next week or so, I hunt hard. I don't see him again. He's not showing up on trail camera. I'm like, well, here we go. Elucivate, gone again. Then I see him a week later. Actually, during daylight, he comes into about 135 yards, hits a tree line, and proceeds to wreck this tree line until well after dark, and then come in at about 26 yards by my stand and hold me in the stand until about 7.30 at night. Mm. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Okay. So fast forward. 
now it's becoming rifle season. And my worst fear is this has happened now four out of the last five years to me is that a target buck I've been chasing has been killed on opener by my neighbors. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Like we get excited. We share trail camera pictures. We've all kind of got a hit list. So we all know what's running around. We really like to let them go and let them grow. You know, unless the kids, we let the kids shoot whatever they want. Mm-hmm. So comes the rifle opener. I'm in the stand. And by the way, everybody's gone. I hunt by myself. So I'm in the stand and it's 9.03 exactly. And I see this single doe come across uh, the shooting lane. And I'm like, oh, here we go. And literally get the gun up, get ready. He's across the shooting lane in two bounds. Mm. But it was him. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's him. No, literally 30 seconds later, I hear kaboom. And my heart sinks. Literally, I'm about in tears. My heart's in my stomach. I, 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 I don't know what to do. I just, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, again, this is happening to me again. And that insult to injury, uh, as, you know, a couple hours later, there's crows landing in front of my stand eating what I assume is the gut pile from my giant eight. So uh, my mind spun. I'm just mm-hmm. like, I don't even want to sit here anymore. Like, I'm just distraught. What's about four o'clock? And by the way, I sit all day mm-hmm. during rifle season. I, I don't get out of the stand. I sit from, you know, before sun up till after. And about four o'clock at the same spot where I saw those two, I see a head poke out and I see it go back in. And I'm like, well, I saw antlers. So I put my gun up and I'm looking through the scope and out comes another buck. And it's a real tight shooting lane. And of course, once they get across the shooting lane, it's my neighbor's property, and they hunt right on the line. It comes across the, the line, and I hear, kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. And I'm like, well, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm really distraught. I'm like, there goes the two big ones that, you know, have been on camera all season long. So I'm sitting there, and the, the sun's starting to, to drop. It's a little after 5, and I got my, my normals coming in. I got a doe and a fawn and a couple spikes and a little basket six. They're coming out and feeding in this, this open area. And my heart's just not in it. Um, but for some reason, while I'm watching these deer, I see movement in this swamp. And it's real, real tall grass. Like, I've never seen a deer in there. And so now I'm, I throw up my binox and I'm looking. I'm looking real hard. What, what did I just see over there? And then I see antlers. And then I see antlers moving. And so now I'm really focusing in, trying to figure out, okay, well, which one is this, you know? And then I see him, and it's him. (laughs) You're trying to control that adrenaline, right? Like, I don't care who you are. If if you don't get a little bit of buck fever, you shouldn't be in the stand because you're not enjoying it. So as as he fully comes into view, I see that he's looking right at me, and he's downwind. And I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. So I'm looking around my stand and my gun's, you know, not on my lap. And he's looking right at me and he's got his nose in the air. And I, I think he's winding me, but he, he hasn't quite put the pieces together yet. As soon as he looks over, he sees that doe and the fawn. And so he's looking at them. So I put down my binox and, I, you know, get my gun up on the rest. And I look back and... He's looking right at me. 
And I'm like, oh, no, please, please, please. And now he's really sniffing hard, nose high in the air, looking right at me. And I'm like, just give me one, one second. Well, that doe must have spooked from something a little bit. So he looked at her. I pulled the trigger. I watch. I hit him. Perfect, beautiful shot. Well, he turns 180, and he runs back into this really thick, horrible swamp and just piles up. And I'm like, so I'm not taking, I'm not taking my view off him whatsoever. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not losing him. You know, I'm keeping him in the scope. If he gets up again, I'm going to put him down. Well, it's about three minutes, and I'm listening to him thrash around, and I'm like, all right, buddy, like, time to expire. Like, please just expire. And I see him get up, but he is directly going away from me, right? So all I can see is his his tail down, takes a few steps, and he crashes again. Now my neighbor has heard me shoot, and my phone's blowing up via text message, and I'm not paying attention to anything but this deer. So then he gets up one more step, crashes. So now what five minutes, you know, seems like four years when you're sitting there intent listening, straining your ears. I finally hear him do the last thrash and the, the death brawl. I'm like, okay, still watched a few more minutes, took my gun down. I actually unloaded it <laughs> um, and picked up my phone, sent a text message over to my neighbor. I'm like, the big eight's down. Now the problem is I've got a pile of deer that are in front of me, which didn't move or spook, which was the crazy part with that shot. Yeah. It was, wasn't that far of a shot. It was maybe 180 yards. It was beautiful. I couldn't ask for a, a better shot on them. And so I'm like, I'm trying to get these deer out of here. Finally, I'm just like, I got to get down while there's just a little bit of sunlight so I can go get my eyes on this deer, you know, and not have to do this in the dark. Tromp through this swamp, which, oh, my goodness gracious, thank goodness it's dry this year with drought. The grass is over my head. Uh, there's blowdown trees, and I'm just going to the last tree where I saw them fall down. I get close, and I'm like, I can't see anything because the grass is over my head. I'm like five feet tall, you know? So I'm going to go up on top of this knob, <coughs> excuse me, and look down into the swamp. It's a, it's a bowl. I get up onto this knob, maybe... 15 feet away, and I look over, and there he is. In that emotional roller coaster, right, of, 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 of how many years of chasing him, heartache, not seeing him, the morning of thinking that, you know, he was dead and gone, uh, and then seeing, seeing him. Long story short, the neighbors shot the doe in the morning, never even saw him. Oh. The second deer that came across, uh, that they put four shots on, they never even touched, <laughs> which we have video of him two days ago, 50 yards from my stand, which is really cool. So he made a 180, came back, and uh, and obviously I finally got a shot on him. But, yeah, it, it, I'm still emotional. I look around, and I just, just such a roller coaster. It's not a giant. It's not, you know, it's no trophy. I just, it, it, is, it, it is to me. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful buck. Uh, I couldn't be more ecstatic, but when you put your sights on uh, on a specific deer, you put a lot of time and effort into it, and you finally, finally get him get him on the ground. He's going on the wall. Uh, I couldn't be more ecstatic, but I have to be, give a big shout out to my neighbor, who is a godsend savior, 
um, everybody's gone. So I, I have nobody to help me get this ginormous body deer out of a swamp. Uh, so I made a, a phone call and I was like, hey, uh, I, I'm going to need some help here, at least getting them into the sleigh behind my wheeler. If I get them home, I mean, I, sh- I, I can take care of them myself, but I, it's over 200 pounds. I can't even move this thing field dressed. He came out, uh, and it was a struggle. It took about two hours from the time that he got there till the time that uh, I actually got him to my house. <laughs> I know this. The biggest otter sled does not fit a giant deer into it very easily. So he he was a real super trooper. He'll be getting a very nice thank you care package for for all the help. But, uh, yeah, I just I can finally breathe. But all the trail camera pictures and all the neighbors were super, super awesome. Uh, Sent me all the trail cam pictures that they've had over the last few years. So it's been really, really neat to, to have all of those and. Now that chapter's complete. I, I've got a little bit of weight off my chest. Uh, I actually haven't shot a buck in probably four years. I shoot deer every year, but because I always have this this deer in my head, this deer, I know which one that I want, and I'm going to hunt all season long for them. It's kind of the benchmark of the size and the quality that I want. So, yeah, I cannot believe it. And to top it off, you know, 28 years of deer hunting, 15 years of hunting Minnesota, and this really is my very first Minnesota rifle opener deer. And to, to do it with this buck, just, it seemed to be perfect. Wow. Well, we, uh, I don't know. You, you sound like, uh, like the, the deer version of Moby Dick. <laughs> I, I, kind, I kind of feel like it, you know, <laughs> and it, everybody can, can, can kind of giggle about it. And, you know, like I said, it, it's, it's no, 200, you know, class deer. He's a beauty, but he's one of those ones where it's finally just nice to to get him on the ground, something that I've looked forward to that you put a lot of time and effort into, and there's such a history with it. So, yeah, and to do it on my own property. So that's even a bonus. Manny, that is like the quintessential deer hunting story or musky hunting story or, you know, that one giant walleye. I mean, that's really that's the adrenaline rush everybody has. Correct. And yeah, it, yeah and, and to just I'm getting emotional again, <laughs> talking you know, thinking about it. I when I got home that night and finally got him taken care of, I was so emotionally fatigued. I, I couldn't even that it physically drained me. Like I just couldn't believe it. I mean, yeah. Uh, it's cool and everybody gets to experience that you know hopefully once in a lifetime and uh yeah now i've got a little bit of you know i can breathe but now i'm kind of like what am i gonna do (laughs) (laughs) i was i was just gonna ask you that now what are you gonna do (laughs) i don't know you i thought everybody laughed last year i ended up with a frostbite actually because i hunted so hard through three seasons last year and now i'm just like Oh, it's crappy out. I don't need to go hunting. My bucket's right. filled. If if it if it's nice, maybe I'll go out and shoot a doe or something and put another one in the freezer. But I'm done. But I don't know what to do with my time now. Did you put the boat away? I haven't winterized it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I'd actually have that opportunity per se to to use it, especially now that deer season's here in full force. But 
if we get a nice day, gosh darn it, I'm definitely hopping in the boat and going to go out and fish. Yeah, the bite's still on. I mean, you know, until until it freezes over, it's still going to be a good bite. Oh, absolutely. I'm still seeing pictures of walleyes and crappies, so, yeah. yeah. Now, now I need to... That would be that would be the bow on top if I could go out one last time and uh, get on a good fish bite. <laughs> okay, um, and then of course it will be uh, hard water season pretty soon. Uh, what what's your rule of thumb? Uh, how thick does the ice have to be before you're willing to get out there? <sighs> you know, I don't chance it, and that's the truth. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen I've seen too many accidents happen. Uh, we've lost too many people that, that I've known, and no fish is, is worth anybody's life. Uh, even for early ice to, to just walk out, you know, with a, with a hand auger and, and a sled and a, and a bucket and a rod. Um, I'm a little person, and I still I won't even walk out until there's probably four and a half inches of ice. Okay. And even then, um, I've got a float suit, and I do not fish by myself. Um, and I don't like to, even that early ice. I really don't like to get too far from from shore. And we always have safety ropes. We got safety floats along with everybody um, with float suits on. Um, but yeah, it's, it's such a. I know everybody gets excited after deer season. It's time to go ice fishing, and the bites are always really good for for early ice. But it's just not worth it. Be be safe. Be smart as you're going. Um, I'll always have a chisel with me, and you know, testing ice as, as you go out. Um, I know a lot of people will go out on a couple inches of ice. And you, just depending on what's going on, you, you just don't know. It's not just because it's two inches or four inches or six inches in one spot, you could go 15 feet and, you know, there could be one inch of ice. Yep. So safety is such such an immaculate, just hardcore key for, for early ice. And I know a lot of people are chomping up a bit to, to get out and go, but everybody just needs to be safe. Every year. I mean, I swear, every year there's a report, somebody stranded, uh, you know, they got to get out and get rescued. Every year. So just don't, don't do that. Yes, yes, no. Yeah, I just think about it, too. I mean, in how lakes are set up, right? Like, if you have bays or neck downs from one body of water to the next, I can, I can, I know of so many instances of in February when there's feet of ice. Where those neck downs are at, people are putting wheelers through, or people are putting trucks through, or you know. So it, it's not just early ice; it's ice season all the way through from the beginning to the end, where safety is the key. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, don't be stupid. Be smart, and you'll have a much better ice fishing season, and a much longer one. Correct. Uh, and I know that everybody's chomping at the bit. Uh, after the whole COVID thing last year and all the shows being canceled, uh, I know everybody likes to get out to the ice shows. We've got the St. Paul one coming up, obviously, in uh, early December. Great time to, to get down there. It's got all the latest and greatest products. There's a gazillion vendors. Uh, everything and anything that, you know, people have been in demand and haven't been able to get this year, per se, Uh it's always a great place to be able to put your hands on stuff and, and be able to, to compare what you want and get a good deal. You got Fargo after that a couple of weeks later. You got Shields. I mean, there's a there's going to be a plethora of, of ice events, you know, showcasing all the best augers, rods and reels and graphs and suits and everything galore. So hopefully everybody gets out to, to one of those to kind of get amped up and to get stocked up. 
to prep for the early early ice coming. Absolutely, for sure. Well, Mandy, that is one of the best stories I've ever heard on this show. I must tell you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> really good. I really enjoyed it. Obviously, you did as well. Uh, you know, and and now I'm I'm guessing. You know, as cool as that is, you're also just kind of going, okay, now what? I am. I just uh, I can breathe again. Now I'm just like, whoa. I, I just too the last few years. Um, normally I travel, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I travel to Ontario. I travel to North Dakota, or South Dakota. I'm, I'm all over the place hunting during season, which is is pretty cool. But uh, you know, the last few years with with COVID and everything like that, I've really just been sticking sticking close to home. So. I don't know. Now I might have to get back on the calendar and start looking around and maybe do a, a late muzzleloader hunt somewhere else. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's right. I yeah. was kind of calling my name. Let's let's just say I was kind of calling my name. <laughs> okay. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Anything else we should talk about before we call it a day? I think that's good. I'm spent. <laughs> yeah, I bet you are. Well, what is, again, great story. And congratulations! I'm very happy for you because I've, I, you know, all the times we talked, even before deer hunting, you talked about seeing that deer, and you know, this was the year you were hoping. And sure enough, what a great, what a great finish! Oh, thank you so much, Mandy. Thanks for taking the time today. Awesome, thanks, Kevin. You've been listening to the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast. You can catch the radio show Saturdays on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 in Bemidji, B93.3 in Brainerd, and Kick FM in Alexandria. And of course, multiple times a week, we'll have great stuff for you right here on the podcast.